Hey y'all, I'm Sarah. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Deidre. And this is Scream and Sugar. So today, we're going to talk about Darlie Routier. Ooh, don't know her. Deidre knows this case. Mm-hmm. Before we started our podcast, we made side shows for each other about true crime yeah, cases. Yeah, and they did it without me. Because <laughs> you were taking too long. <laughs> Y'all didn't go over it with me. Just because I wasn't ready, and then you had to do without me. Well, <laughs> leave that in there, too. <laughs> taking it out. So, I'm just going to put a trigger warning at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because it does involve kids, and it's really sad. So, if that's not your thing, then move on. No harm, no foul. So, Darlie Lynn Peck was born January 4th, 1970, in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Her parents were Larry and Darlie. Uh, She has one sibling, a sister named Danelle, and... I want to say she's younger. I think Larry is mm-hmm. the only normal name in this case so far. Danelle. <laughs> I never heard that name before. It's kind of unique. It's pretty though. Yeah. Danelle. Um, her parents either got divorced at some point or they were never married. I'm not sure. But when Darlie was a teenager, she moved to Lubbock, Texas with her mom and her stepdad, Robbie Key. Oh, Robbie. Robbie and Larry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they pretty much just moved halfway across the country. Her mom started working at a restaurant, and this is where Darlie, she met a man named Darren Routier. Darlie was 15 at the time they met, and Darren was 17. Oh, my. So they met in 1985, so they were youngins. She was a youngin. She was a kid. Uh, They dated for roughly three years before getting married in August of 1988, and Darren started his own computer business called Test neck, test neck, yeah. uh, testing electronic components. I think I read somewhere, I heard somewhere it was circuit boards. Oh, okay. And it was pretty successful. So he's making all this moolah and they purchased a home in Rowlett, Texas, which apparently is a super, super nice neighborhood in the suburb of Dallas. Go Cowboys. <laughs> um, uh-uh. <laughs> that was not typical. It's great. Crushed it. Um, They were quite the spenders. They spent thousands of dollars renovating the house. He bought a super nice Jaguar. You know, just living it up. She later spent a couple thousand dollars on a boob job in 1992. Oh, boobies. Which I wouldn't even mention it, but it is pertinent. Um, On June 14th, the following year, in 1989, they had their first kid, a baby boy named Devin Rush Routier. Uh, they had another son, Damon Christian Routier, on February 19th, 1991. So close to my birthday. <laughs> and they had their third and final son, Drake, on October 18th, 1995. I looked everywhere to try to find his freaking middle name and can't find it. So, he's maybe, just Drake. Maybe he's a good boy. So, they never used his middle name? Is that what you mean? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, People said that Devin and Damon were inseparable. They'd fill their wagon with old toys, and then they would go door-to-door around the neighborhood trying to sell them to people. That is so cute. That reminds me, I had a pink Mickey and Minnie Mouse lunchbox, and I would take that to my old neighbor, Miss Juana, and she would give me, like, nickels and dimes to, like, rake her leaves and stuff, and I'd carry it around in my lunchbox. Oh, just hustling. Mm Mm-hmm. Getting that money. I don't know where all that motivation went. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's gone now it's called youth <laughs> uh, most people who knew the routiers said that they were living beyond their means but apparently those closest to them didn't really notice mm-hmm. so these people are shady I don't know uh, the routiers were described as model residents and a picture perfect family yeah. uh, apparently Darley would bake cookies for the neighborhood kids and one time the family even helped a neighbor that was suffering from cancer pay their mortgage payment. Oh, wow. So, I mean, from all accounts, they seemed like really good people. Yeah. yeah. But then, uh, Darren's business started suffering, and they eventually found themselves in a pretty bad financial situation. 
I want to say a few days before the incident we're going to talk about later, Darren applied for a loan but was rejected. Uh, they were behind on their mortgage. They allegedly owed $10,000 in back taxes and had racked up $12,000 in credit card debt. So they were in debt $22,000. But to them, it could have not meant like a whole, whole lot. Because, I mean, you look at some people and they're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, can, if you make enough money, you can afford a Jaguar and you help somebody else with their mortgage. Twenty-two grand ain't, you know, that's not so bad. But I for, don't know. For the money it seems like they're making. So now we're going to talk about the night of June 5th into the morning of June 6th. 1996. So Devin was six at this time and Damon was five. I was five too, Damon. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, so it was summer break. So Devin and Damon were out of school. And that night they wanted to camp out in the living room, you know, watch movies, eat popcorn, mm. which was the best whenever you Maybe were little. But they made pallets in the floor in front of the TV. Mm. Uh, Darren, the dad, he took baby Drake upstairs to bed and then he came back downstairs and talked to Darley for a little bit. They said they talked about life in general, the bills, uh, an upcoming vacation Darley was taking with some friends to Cancun. And they talked about Darley's recent struggle with postpartum depression after having Drake the year before. At this time, he was almost eight months old. Uh, Darley said she was going to sleep on the couch. Apparently, she had been for like the last week or so because she was a super light sleeper. And Drake, like tossing and turning throughout the night, kept waking her up and was keeping her from sleeping good throughout the night. Oh, so the baby sleeps with them. Yeah, he still slept. <laughs> he still slept. <laughs> slept in their room with them. <laughs> so they talk for a little bit. He gives, tells his wife goodnight, kiss, kiss. They go to bed, or he goes to bed upstairs. So Darley falls asleep on the couch, and the boys are on the floor beside the couch on their little pallets. Well, Darren gets woken up by the sound of Darley screaming for their son, Devin. Um, in later statements to police, she said she was screaming for Darren. And some people make a big deal about it, but I mean, Devin and Darren, I mean, they sound so close. I don't think it's like yeah. anything to like focus on, but whatever. Uh, so Darren rushes downstairs to where Devin was sleeping because she was saying his name and he was yelling at him, you know, wake up, wake up. And he was getting no response. Uh, then he sees Darley. She's covered in blood and she's on the phone with 911. So... He notices holes in Devin's shirt from multiple stab wounds. Darren immediately started CPR on Devin, but the air and the blood just started like sputtering out of his chest from the stab wounds. So it wasn't doing any good. Darley told the 911 operator that an intruder had broken into the house, attacked the two boys, and then attacked her. And she said she ran after the attacker through the kitchen and the utility room, and then they left through the garage. Uh, Devin was pronounced dead at the scene. Even though Damon was breathing when paramedics arrived, he also didn't survive the attack. Mm. Darley was sent to the hospital and underwent surgery for her injuries, and she was released two days later. What was her injuries? We're going to get into that. Um, Devin suffered six stab wounds to his back and left shoulder, and Damon had four stab wounds, two to his chest, one to his thigh, and one to his forearm. Both the boys also had multiple small cuts and abrasions. And police from the get-go were suspicious of Darley, saying that her story didn't add up. A week after the murders, on what would have been Devin's seventh birthday, the family held a graveside birthday celebration. Because they had already planned a party, they had sent out invitations and stuff. Well, during that birthday celebration, a local TV crew covered the event and they did an on-site interview with Darley and Darren. As soon as it was aired, the public didn't like how Darley was acting. Uh, they had silly string that they were spraying on the graves. They said she was laughing and smiling like nothing ever happened. She was chomping on gum. They didn't, she didn't seem like a grieving mother. Uh, the police pretty much agreed with the public. And on June 18th, Twelve days after the murder, four days after the graveside celebration, Darley was arrested and charged with the murder of Devin. They didn't charge her with Damon's murder, pretty much because of the whole double jeopardy. If she got acquitted of 
Devons, then they could turn back around and charge her with Damons and like retry her all over again. Darlie was found guilty and she was sentenced to death. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go over like the prosecution's case and all of their evidence that says that it points to her. She did it. And then I'm going to go back over it from like the defense side. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to talk about is the 911 call. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, the prosecution said that during the 911 call, Darlie stated that she moved the knife, that she had touched it. And she said, I wonder if we could have gotten the prints maybe. So they're like, why would you just randomly be like, oh, by the way, you know, my kids are dying. But I did touch the knife, so you're probably going to find my fingerprints. They're like, that's weird. During the 911 call, Darlie said that she picked up the knife from the kitchen floor when she was running after the intruder, but there was no bloody spot on the floor where she claimed to have picked it up. Officers on scene said she was upset and she was screaming, but she didn't appear to be in shock. Uh, One officer said that he told her to get a rag or something to apply pressure to Damon's back because he's still alive at this point, and the officer said she didn't do anything And he was quoted saying, I thought if she was worried about fingerprints on a knife, she could certainly take care of her kids. The same officer said that she didn't follow the paramedics when they took Damon to the ambulance. She didn't ask where they were taking him, anything like that. And she had claimed that a man wearing dark clothes and a baseball cap attacked the boys, then her, and escaped through the garage. Investigators said there was no blood found in the garage. And they're like, you'd think there'd be some indication that someone ran through there, a blood trail or whatever. They said that there was a cut screen in the garage, a cut window screen. They said there was a layer of dust on the windowsill that wasn't disturbed, and neither was the mulch that was underneath the window. They said there was a mulch and like flower bed Mm -hmm. and stuff directly underneath the window that if somebody had went in and out, it would have been messed up, and they said it wasn't. They said there was hardly no blood on the couch where she was supposedly stabbed. They mentioned that she was such a light sleeper That's why she was sleeping downstairs. How did she not wake up when her two children were being attacked? They said there was a broken wine glass that Darlie said had got knocked over while she was running after the intruder or the intruder knocked it over, whatever. And there was blood underneath it, but there was no blood on it. And so they said that if it had fallen during the struggle and she was bleeding from being attacked, her blood would have gotten on top of it. Um, They said her wounds were superficial compared to the boys and self-inflicted because hers were like cuts and theirs were stab wounds. They also stated that a bread knife from the knife block in the kitchen tested positive for components of material that window screens are made of. Basically saying that bread knife was the knife that was used to cut the window screen. So how could the intruder cut the window screen with a knife that was already in the house? And they also said, why would he even cut the screen? Most intruders know you can just pop it out. They also used as evidence a journal entry that Darlie made a month before the murders. And they said, it said, quote, I hope one day you can forgive me for what I'm about to do, which hinted toward premeditation. Uh, Nurses testified at the trial, nurses from the hospital, and they claimed that Darlie wasn't emotional at all. Apparently, one of them said that she saw... Devin or Damon won after he had passed away on a gurney, and she just looked away. She wasn't crying. She wasn't emotional or nothing. Uh, apparently, they had a dog, a little Pomeranian named Domain, and they're like, okay, so Darren never woke up because the dark, the dog, the <laughs> dog was barking. It didn't make sense to them. And they found a blonde hair on the window screen that they said was most likely Darlie's because she had bleach blonde hair. But now we're going to talk about the other side of it. And then I'm going to let you decide what you think, because this is absolutely crazy. First off, the video that got publicized with the silly string and all that stuff that pretty much sealed her fate wasn't the only video that was taken at the grave site. The police pretty much obtained it illegally, but they had a second video that the jury never saw. And it was a graveside memorial service, pretty much. Everybody was crying. They were praying over the boys and everything before they did the celebration. But the jury never saw that. And apparently the jury, during their deliberation, they asked to watch that video 11 times. I've read some some places say 9, some places say 11, but that played like a huge part in their verdict. Um, And the two investigators 
that were questioned about that video, they took the fifth. What? Yeah. Because it's pretty much illegal to do that because like a grave site is supposed to have that element of privacy and they just, they bugged it. Also, Darlie's sister is the one that brought the silly string and gave it to Darlie and she had bought it as a birthday present for the boys because they loved silly string. I mean, they were five and six. Mm-hmm. What little boy doesn't like it? Um, the defense argued that Darlie was still heavily medicated at the time of that video, that celebration, and she was chewing gum because the medication made her mouth dry. Uh, Darlie was arrested four days after the silly string incident, and her mom found out about her arrest on the news. And when she went to the police station after finding out, she said that she saw police officers high-fiving each other. Mm-mm. So now we're going to talk about the 911 call. Darlie does tell the operator that she touched the knife, but she says this because she tells the operator that the intruder dropped a knife and the operator says, there's a knife, don't touch it. And she's like, I already touched it. I already picked it up. So she was prompted by the operator to say that. She was responding to her. So it's not like she just randomly out of nowhere said that. So it wasn't as incriminating as the investigators made it out to be. The 911 call was five minutes and 44 seconds long. And during that less than six minutes, I looked at the transcript of it. If my math is right, Darlie used the phrases, hurry, where are they, where's the ambulance, and when are they going to be here 10 times in less than six minutes. To me, that sounds like somebody who is wanting somebody to get there and help her kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both Darlie and Darren say that Darlie went to the sink to get a towel to lay on Damon's back. So if she did that, then it doesn't make any sense why the police officer would be like she wasn't helping her kids. And a lot of blood that was Darlie's was found at the sink. So they were saying that's where she inflicted her own wounds. Mm-hmm. But if she went over there getting towels to help the kids, then her blood would be there. The investigators, you know how they said that there was no blood in the garage? Well, there's a crime scene photo, and I'll show y'all and I'll post it. I'm pretty sure it's the garage, and it looks like there's quite a bit of blood on the floor. Which, I mean, I'm not an investigator. I wasn't there. I don't know. But to me, it looks like there's a lot of blood on there. So, the window. How they said that the mulch and the flower beds were undisturbed. They were off to the side of the window, not right underneath it. Right underneath the window was concrete. And there was plenty of room to get in and out of the window and not disturb any of that stuff. And there's a picture of that, too. And I'll post it. Well, Darren actually recreated or recreated it. And he went in and out of the window and it was super low to the ground. Like you wouldn't have even had to touch the window. So you pretty much just stick one leg in, duck down, and then you're Mm -hmm. in on the other side. So they were saying like that's not even relevant that the dust wasn't disturbed Mm because you don't have to touch it. So now we're going to talk about her, air quotes, superficial, air quotes, self-inflicted wounds. She had a slash on her throat that was two millimeters away from hitting her carotid carotid artery. And if she had hit that, it would have killed her. And she was wearing a gold chain necklace and that stopped the knife from getting that far. And it had to be like surgically removed because it was embedded in her neck. Mm. And I was trying to figure out, like, a reference for how long two millimeters is. Because I'm like, I don't know. Two millimeters is about the width of a nickel. And she was that close to killing herself. But she did that to herself, supposedly. She had a cut on her forearm. And it was to the bone. Had to have stitches. And that's the only two that the prosecution really talked about. The only two injuries. She also had tons of small cuts and abrasions on her arms. Cuts to her fingers. Which to me, and even nurses had been quoted saying that those look like defensive wounds. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, if somebody's attacking you, you're going to put up your hands. And if you've got little cuts all over your hands, I mean. Yeah. And she also has a bruise. And it's not like this little bruise like you get from running to a table. It goes from her wrist all the way up to her armpit. And it's black, blue, purple. I'm like, she did that to herself? Okay. Um, The knife. That tested positive for fibers found in the window screens. Mm -hmm. It's possible that it could have been cross-contaminated because if they had tested the window, like dusted it for prints, and then used the same brush 
to dust the knife block that could have transferred those fibers onto that knife. Also, they tested seven forensic brushes and four out of those seven tested positive for the same exact components as the ones found in window screens. So it could have just been transferred from the brush itself. Now, the journal entry that said, please forgive me for what I'm about to do, that they pointed, or they said pointed to premeditation. The full journal entry says, I hope that one day you will forgive me for what I'm about to do. My life has been such a hard fight for a long time, and I just cannot find the strength to keep fighting anymore. I love you three more than anything else in this world. I don't want you to see a miserable per- miserable person every time you look at me. Your dad loves you all very much, and I know in my heart he will take care of my babies. Please do not hate me or think in any way that this is your fault. So when she wrote that, she was contemplating suicide mm-hmm. because she was suffering from postpartum depression from having baby Drake. So the nurses that testified that she was didn't show any emotion, didn't act like she cared. There's pictures of nurses' notes in her charts and everything from her stay at the hospital. And on those pictures, you can see where they use phrases like crying, visibly upset, very emotional, and continues to weep. Also, in one of the doctor's reports, he stated that Darley was tearful and frightened. Some people argue that in that profession, you don't write You don't take notes about like how you feel personally about the person. You just write what you see. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of arguing like, yeah, we wrote that she was crying, but we could tell that it was fake or whatever, which I don't know. Yeah. But um, the night before the murders, Darlie and the boys, they were with her mom. They ate pizza. They drank wine. They tried on clothes from Darlie's closet. And to me, that doesn't sound like someone who's about to murder her two kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, one crime scene investigator named James Cron said he determined in minutes of being at the crime scene that it was an in- inside job. And this was before he even interviewed Darren or Darley. So he didn't have any information from them yet. And he was like, it's an inside job. Investigators questioned Darley and Darren multiple times. They questioned her in the hospital, but they didn't take any notes while they were questioning her. And one interview actually made them late to the viewing of the boys before the funeral. Now, mm-hmm. how messed up is that? Um, the blonde hair that was found on the window screen turns out it belonged to a police officer that was at the crime scene. Uh-uh. I forgot about all yeah. this stuff. So that just goes to show at least that thing, no telling what else was contaminated at the whenever the police were there. And, of course, that wasn't discovered until after the trial had ended. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Several witnesses also told the police that they saw a a suspicious black car in the neighborhood just before the murders, and it appeared to be watching the Routier house. Apparently, they, like, canvassed the neighborhood, or they said they did, but one, they would have found out about the car if they were really doing their job. And they would have investigated that. Apparently, they found knives in a yard close to Darley's house. And they just didn't do anything with it. This has nothing to do with. Yeah. One investigator was like, you know, I was certain that it wasn't related to the case. And I'm like, man. How are you certain whenever someone's kids were stabbed? Exactly. Yeah. I wish all police officers were that good at their job. But they can just look at stuff and know. Yeah. That don't have anything to do with it. Roll that out. They didn't even take pictures of them or nothing. Anyways, now we're going to get into one like super controversial thing about the case. And it is a bloody sock that was found 75 yards from the house, which was like two or three houses down from theirs. And it tested positive for Darley's DNA and both Devin and Damon's blood. So, the prosecution's case included a bloodstain pattern analysis by a man named Tom Bevel. Before I tell you what he says, uh, apparently the National Academy of Science has stated that his approach to all this, um, to the crime scene analysis, is more subjective than science. So, yeah, blood splatters become like a whole thing where they're like, maybe it's not as much of a science as we thought. And people have just like gotten convicted of murder over it. Yeah. They think it's more of like an opinion thing, Mm -hmm. which, you know, so do with that what you will. 
Um, Bevel's testimony contradicted the physical evidence in the case. He said bloodstains on the right shoulder of her shirt was a mixture of Darley's blood and both of the boys' blood. And he testified that this meant that Darley was bleeding when the boys were stabbed. He's saying when she killed the boys, she was already bleeding. This contradicts their case because of that sock that was found. It had Devin and Damon's blood on it. So it would have been put there after they were killed, yeah. obviously. But it didn't have Darley's blood on it. It had her DNA, but not her blood. Yeah, it would have had it. So she was bleeding when she killed them. And then, but her blood wasn't on the sock. There was no blood trail leading outside, leading to the sock, nothing. So it does. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like how'd she get the sock out there without bleeding all over it? If she started bleeding first. Also, Darley's nightshirt was bagged as evidence when it was still wet. So how could they be certain about the blood patterns on it? Because yeah. if it's still wet, it can get smeared, this and that, whatever. Lord. And the bloodstain patterns that Bevel testified about could have been a result of the cross-contamination. Because apparently they were bagging multiple items of evidence in the same bag. What? Yeah, it's crazy. One theory about the sock is that it had chloroform on it. And that's why Darlie didn't wake up because she was knocked out. Yeah. She was out cold. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about Darren, the dad, because he don't sit right with me. To reiterate, re it whatever. <laughs> they were twenty two about twenty two thousand dollars in debt, and Darren had previously been caught committing insurance fraud. He had somebody steal a car, I think it was the Jaguar, and then he claimed the insurance money on it and then got the car back. And Darley didn't know about this at the time she until after she was sent to prison. Darren also admitted and signed an affidavit saying that he planned on hiring someone to break into the house, steal some stuff, and then commit insurance fraud again on that stuff. And he signed that affidavit and admitted this five years after Darlie's conviction. And she had no like previous knowledge of that whatsoever. Darlie had a six-figure life insurance policy, and Darren was the beneficiary. And he allegedly failed a polygraph, and that polygraph indicated that he knew the identity of the killer or killers. Uh, how have I forgotten so much? Because I'm sitting over here like, what? what? But like the thing that gets me is what was her motive? Why kill her kids? And people are saying it's because, you know, she had the bleach blonde hair. She had the boob job. She wore these nice clothes and she had nice jewelry. And she, that was her lifestyle. And they were interfering with that. The attention they needed, the money that went toward raising the kids and stuff like that. That's why she did it. But and I'll get into what I think about that in a minute. Um, at least one juror, I think it was on the 2020 documentary, she actually admitted one thing that really stood out to her about the case was how Darlie dressed, her bleach blonde hair, the fact that she spent $2,000 on a boob job. Like, why would you do that as a mom instead of putting that toward your kids? And I'm like, all of this evidence and all the stuff you're hearing, and that's the thing that sticks out to you. Okay. Jurors start judging you, then you just done for. Mm -hmm. And who cares? If you dye your hair, if you have a boob job, if how you dress, that doesn't make you a murderer. No. We have a lot more murderers running around here. Also, there was this famous fingerprint they call 85J. It was found on a glass table. They ruled out Darren and Darley as the people who made that fingerprint. And they never fingerprinted Devin or Damon before they were buried. So they got the family's permission. I think the family actually paid to have them exhumed. But they couldn't get their fingerprints because they were buried together in the same casket holding hands. Oh, my God. And it had flooded there and water had leaked in the casket. So they couldn't get prints. And it was later um, found out that the print was too big to be a kid's anyways. Mm -hmm. And it was made that night because it was a fingerprint in blood. So, so if it's not Darren's, it's not Darley's, it's not the kids. I'm yeah. hoping all the police got ruled out. Yeah, and they should be wearing gloves anyway. So whose is it? Yeah. So that's pretty much all of the, I mean, that's not all of the evidence. Oh my gosh, there's even more. But if I did all that, we'd be here for like eight days. <laughs> One like random thought that I had. So, Darren said he woke up to her screaming, but how did he not wake up while she was fighting off an attacker? She was knocking stuff over, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So, I mean, you can look at that two ways. You could either look at it as in she is guilty because he didn't hear her during all that time because none of that really happened. Or you could look at that as he's involved because he heard all of this or was involved in all this. And that's why he didn't wake up. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that's one. I, I don't know. One of Darlie's defense lawyers filed an appeal. Hmm, I forgot about this. Uh, on the grounds that he found the court transcripts had crap ton of errors in it. I've heard two different numbers and there's a big difference in the numbers of how many errors there are, but they're still huge. Uh, I've heard that there were 18,000 errors and I've heard that there were 30,000 errors in this court transcript. The court reporter, she got fired from it. They took her license, so she can't even do it anymore, but they never granted her a new trial. That alone, to me, is basis for a new trial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's how you prove everything. That's how you prove that what they say that this person testified saying is true. This yeah, is how you prove what on. was put into evidence and what wasn't in the first trial. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -mm. So, another thought is if she didn't like the lifestyle, or she liked her lifestyle, and that's why she killed her kids, why not kill all three? Yeah. I mean, you have a brand new baby. That's going to be more expensive taking care of. That's the less than kids. a year old than mm -hmm. the other two, because you have all those initial expenses and stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? So, why not kill all three of her kids? And she has postpartum, so you would think she would be more exactly. leaning towards killing the baby than her exactly. other kids. But. And why not go after Darren? Because he had, and people, some people think that maybe it was the life insurance policy, but the two boys, they had like $5,000 each yeah, life insurance yeah. policy. And all that pretty much went to funeral costs. That wasn't anything. Yeah. And if she did it for those reasons, if that was her motive, why would she even call 911? Why wouldn't she just let him die? Yeah. Or call after they were dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just call. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And this thing, going back to the sock, they test the prosecution said that Damon would have lived no longer than nine minutes after those injuries that he sustained, after he got those stab wounds. So Darley called 911 at 2.31 in the morning, and it lasted five minutes and 44 seconds. Damon was alive when the paramedics got there. Mm -hmm. So that left, that leaves just over three minutes for her to run 75 yards to plant that sock, run the 75 yards back to the house, slash her throat. Because remember, her blood wasn't on the sock. So she had to have done that after. Mm -hmm. um, cut her arm to the bone. Hit her arm on or with something, whatever, enough times to cause all those bruises. Make all those little cuts and then call 911. Just over three minutes to do all that. That's like all the time in the world, apparently. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. You got busy. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't understand. Um, Darren's aunt was the only family member allowed inside the courtroom, and she took notes. And in her notes, it states multiple times that the judge actually fell asleep <gasps> so during the trial. Is it, is it me? Was I the judge? I was like, judge a narcoleptic judge like, is not a good judge. Like, wait a minute, I fell asleep. Say that again. Even Darren's aunt thinks that Darlie's innocent and Darren had something to do with it. Ooh. That's his own aunt. Your auntie, auntie is like, nah, he's, I mean, did he have a, she has the insurance policy that counts. And a lot of people think that either, and he said he never found anybody or never went forward with paying somebody to break into the house and stuff. But a lot of people think maybe he did and then mm -hmm. it went awry mm -hmm. or he maybe paid somebody to take out Darlie and then the kids were there and they, he didn't mean for them to get hurt, this and that, whatever. But I'm sorry, but he's fishy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a polygraph. I know there's been times where people haven't passed them and they've been innocent, but then there's times I really want to believe them like yeah. this. I mean, what would she have to gain from getting 10 grand? Nothing. And they got 22 grand of debt. So like what, she's just going to kill her two kids and then like, okay, well there's half the debt gone, but then they got to bury him. So not really like she's got the big policy. He's upstairs. She's been sleeping down there for a week. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect time to do it. He can't just kill her because then it's too obvious. Why wouldn't they have hurt the kids? He's like, they're collateral damage. Like, they're going to have to die, too. 
Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think. I mean, I think it's tunnel vision. The police went in there, determined in minutes without even talking to the people who lived in the house about what happened. They determined it was an inside job. I think they put their sights on Darley, and then that was it. And they had told Darley there's an interview with her. I mean, you can believe it or not, but she says that they told her that there were they were chasing down hundreds of leads. They were doing this, doing that. And then, no, I mean, they never looked at anybody else. Yeah. I don't understand why Darren wasn't looked at. Oh, he was upstairs sleeping, so that's perfect alibi. Yeah. yeah. And then, apparently, one officer said that whenever they arrived, Darren was running out of the house. And he was like, wait, who are you? Because apparently there was this tag. He's like, wait, who are you? And he's like, no, I'm, I live here. It's my family. I know a nurse lives down the road or wherever. I'm going to get help. And he was like, no, you need to go back in the house. But then on the 911 call, you can hear Darren talking in the background. And Darley didn't get off the phone with 911 until the police were in the house. So was he in the house or was he outside? Like, is the cop just lying about it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's just there's no answers to like all this stuff. But my thing is like you're supposed to convict, especially death penalty, with no reasonable doubt. To me, there's plenty of reasonable doubt. I don't know for sure that she didn't do it, but I don't know for sure that she did. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to vote to take somebody's life, which I mean, we know how I feel, how we all feel about the death penalty anyway. Like me, religion, I don't like it. And how Deidre says, because these people end up on... Like her, probably. Mm -hmm. I mean... And I don't, because I don't have the right to end someone's life. That's not my purpose. Yeah. I mean, that's the main reason why I don't like it. And then the second is because situations Mm -hmm. like this, and they filed to have, I think, the sock re-examined, like, retested, the fingerprint. And they're, like, apparently still waiting on results from that. She has one appeal left. And if they don't do that, then, then she's just going to die. Then she's done. Like, they don't have executed. a date set or anything yeah. like that. But it just runs all over me. Like, everybody has, like, I'm sure you all have those cases. It's like, if I could find out what really happened with one case, mm-hmm. you've got your little list. Like, I'd want to know what happened to this. A lot of people is John Benet Ramsey, uh, Bryce Laspisa, which I'm yeah. gonna do that one so bad because I was crazy. And then this one, my personal opinion, don't sue me, but I think Darren either did it, attacked her along with an accomplice, or he paid somebody to do it, or he was just wanting them to burglarize it and then it just went haywire. One other, I think he was involved somehow. Okay, I definitely think he was involved because he mm-hmm. just decides to just walk into some suburb in texas in dallas and just stab a mother and her two kids i mean yeah it happens sometimes but there's a lot of weird stuff going on and i'm like um i mean it happens and apparently the jaguar was at the shop and darley's vehicle was like in the garage or something so there weren't any vehicles in the driveway so it is possible that somebody did you know just not see any vehicles see this nice house this nice neighborhood and then go in but I mean, she was all about the jewelry and the nice things. And there was like a huge amount of rings on the countertop in the kitchen that weren't touched. So it wasn't burglary. Yeah. And another thing, you would think her saying she was running after the attacker, she would know if it was her husband or not. Yeah. So you would think she would have been like, I think it was my husband. Yeah. Because the building stuff. So, I mean. I mean, if she was knocked out with chloroform. She wouldn't have seen him. And some people think that maybe he was holding her down to where, like, from the back where she couldn't see him. And then there was an attacker in the front that stabbed her and stuff. Well, didn't she say she was running after him? Yeah, Mm -hmm. she woke up because I think it was Damon was pushing on her shoulder and saying, Mommy. And then she got up and she saw the intruder, like, from a distance. So, from the way I understand it, from her statements, she didn't wake up with the intruder, like, in the process of attacking her, yeah. I just, beyond a reasonable doubt, no. There's no way. No. And I feel like there's been, like, when I heard the case before, no one really went far enough to show how much reasonable doubt there, like, or the lack of on her side. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, yeah, that's the woman who killed her kids. And then... You go and you look at what she looked like after the attack. And you're like, what? She did that to herself? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And another thing is like the dog. They're like, why didn't the dog bark? Well, he wouldn't if it was Darren. 
Yeah. Because they bark because it's something unknown. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because, I mean, they relate it in, like, the book. I read part of it. I didn't have time to finish it. But it said, like, they relate. Like, if it's loud and noisy, but it's people they know, it's just kind of like the TV being on. They don't bark every time the TV's on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, who knows if the dog was barking or not? Because we're taking this from Darren mm-hmm. about the dog barking. Like, the dog could have been barking. Like, I don't think Darlie would remember if the dog was barking. Yeah, if the dog was barking. Her kids have been stabbed. And she's been, her throat's been slit. Like, I don't know. I've never heard a case. I've heard a case where a mom killed her kids and she shot herself, like, in the arm. I've heard mm-hmm. of people cutting themselves all up, stabbing themselves. But I've never heard of anybody slitting their own throat. And her defense attorney, he just flubbed, in my opinion. They knew about that video that the police had taken pretty much illegally, but he didn't fight to get that shown in court. He pretty much just used that to attack their credibility, like the police department's credibility. Yeah, no, like, like let's get this admitted into evidence. Like, yeah, where, fight against it, but for the right reason, dude. Like, you're uh, no, you're going no. the wrong way. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, are y'all, do y'all think she's guilty for sure, innocent for sure, or are you like me? Like, I don't I don't know either way. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of evidence that you can't necessarily explain away. I think she is innocent going off of her slit throat. Her slit mm-hmm. throat. I think she's innocent. I do too. I don't necessarily think he did it, but I don't know if he did it. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's innocent. I think he had something to do with it. I don't think he physically did it. But then there's that sock. I think, see, I think... That he hired somebody to do it, and then they did it, and they left that sock or something, and he. But I mean, whose sock was it? It was Darren's sock. Oh, I don't remember hearing that. I didn't say that. I was about to say. <laughs> I, was like, I was about to say. Okay, well, so it's Darren's sock, and everybody's pointing to like her DNA was on it. Okay, she's a mom. It could have yeah, been on there when she was folding laundry. laundry. <laughs> like, yeah, and it was by. It was right beside a trash can, like the kind that gets picked up, mm-hmm. and a drainage ditch. So somebody could have went to throw it in the trash can, and it didn't make it in the trash can. Yep. They could have threw other stuff in the drainage ditch, and the sock just didn't make it in there. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense why she would put it so far away from the house. If she was doing that as kind of like to lead investigators, like, look, somebody else did it. There's a sock 75 yards away from the house. Why not just put it right outside the house? By the gate to the yeah, it doesn't make any sense for yeah, by the window. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, with the screen cut, if she's planning all this, then she should have just thrown it right there. She wouldn't have thought. And if they went out the garage, I mean, I don't know the way the garage is facing, but like if they went out the window, I just feel like why would you run right in front of the house? Well, the garage is in the back of the house. Oh, because there was like an alleyway like behind the house. So I think that's where the driveway was. Now that I know it's Darren's sock, (laughs) it sounds, knowing that kind of makes me wonder if someone was trying to plant it on him. Mm. Because why would there be a sock altercation in the middle of it anyway? And why would they have a sock, his sock with blood on it and just drop it somewhere? Yeah. Unless it was the chloroform. Unless she was. Was Did they say anything about chloroform on it? No, I mean, it's a theory, but I don't know if it was ever tested for that or What's if they would. What's the theory? The chloroform? Yeah. Also, we don't know 100% sure if no. it was chloroform. No. Know. But there was, like, apparently, like, if somebody is chloroformed or something along those lines, it can cause, like, sores in your mouth and stuff. And apparently at the hospital, Darlie did complain about her mouth being sore and there were sores in her mouth. A lot of people say that it could have been because she was intubated, but... It's unclear, like, nobody knows for sure if she was or not. So, like, if she wasn't and she had sores in her mouth, then that does point toward chloroform. Yeah. So, is the chloroform, is that from, like, just public hearsay where that came into play? Or was it someone on the case, like an investigator? I think different um, investigators that looked at it, like, after stuff kind of came to that theory about it and everything like that. Yeah. Like, not attached to the case, but, like... was probably after the fact, like um, like the hair that was found to not be hers. Yeah, after, after the fact and all that stuff. Like the hell? Well, I'm sorry, y'all just now finding this out. Like, yeah. where's the evidence that points that she did it? Besides, you just think she did it. Mm-hmm. She's got both of 
the kid's blood on her. Obviously, she's like right there trying to help her kids. And that's all we got. But like they moved the trial to a different town because the media coverage of it and stuff like that, which they do that often. But um, the uh, prosecutor is the one that wanted to move it. I don't know if it was the prosecutor that had said that or the defense lawyer or something. But he said, if I'm ever murdered, I want my trial to be held in that town because they will go for a conviction. They will mm. like go for blood. You know what I mean? So it's weird that the prosecutor wanted to move it to that town. And then that one juror judged her right off the bat by the way she looked and how she dressed. Yeah. And you get the mom shaming in there. It goes hard. Mm -hmm. She got mom shamed. I'm like, listen, if she's taking care of her kids, moms need to be happy too. Yeah. Okay. It's not, and it's, it's, it's still the kids that were always famished. Come out in mm -hmm. public and they were like, look at a man. clothes and yeah. look nasty, yeah. wasn't taken care of, and here she is in Gucci. Like, that's different. Yeah. And like, <laughs> the people who knew Darlie and Darren, they said that, you know, Darren was would always brag about, oh, I have this, and I paid that much for it, and I paid this much for this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Ego. well, maybe he did. Maybe he was proud of what he did. I mean, he could have. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, maybe, just he was, the maybe he was proud of what he accomplished. Either way, that ego could have been tampered with with this debt, and he just couldn't take it. Oh, yeah. could have been. I mean, or, can, or, or someone just randomly came in the house and did it and tried to plan it with his little socky sock down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not saying he's he's 100% innocent because I don't know. But I think she's 100% innocent. Yeah, yeah, I do too. There's just so much stuff that I mean, you just don't. There's a bunch if of you stuff only that you get have to one take side of the evidence as well, you can't just. I think he did it because of this, because this is it. But then it's like, yeah, but that same evidence that you have. It could have also went this way too. So you have to kind of take take it with both sides. Yeah. On one. Thing. I mean, if I was on the jury and I if only heard the sense. prosecution's case, I probably would have said she was guilty too. Then you look at the other side of it, and you're like, "There's plenty of reasonable doubt there." I'm also wondering this debt. Maybe they went into debt because he paid somebody. Did oh, they I check his bank that. records? Probably not. Well, found out the hair on the doggone windowsill isn't even hers. Yeah. Five years after she'd been in jail. Yeah. And how old is she now? 51. And the I thing is, a lot of people say, like, how they were talking that night before everything happened, that she was going on a vacation with her friends to Cancun. Like, okay, that right there, people say that right there shows that she wasn't worried about their situation because she knew what she was going to do and she wouldn't have the burden of the kids. But I more so look at it like, other people do is in that right there shows that she wasn't worried about stuff. She's like, we'll bounce back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And who else knows what if her friends freaking paid for her? Who knows? Yeah. What if her, she really didn't want to go. She really wasn't going to go, you know, cause she didn't have the money or she didn't want to leave the kids. And yeah. her friends were like, you know, no, like you need to go. You need to get away. Just and it convinced her to go and they paid for her. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that sounds yeah. like something we do. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's going to decide to murder like, their kids before a vacation? Like that Gatlinburg trip we took one year. Yeah, I just, that's just what that's what you do when you're friends. It just it doesn't make sense to me. So I want to leave off on a quote from Darlie's mom. Unless you'll have more. I mean, we could talk about this all day. Yeah. Uh, her mom said, "Quote: The state of Texas got it wrong, and I hate that my family is having to live through this." What do you do for your child? The same thing I'm doing for Darlie and the rest of my family. Fight like hell and show the world the truth about Darlie Routier. Oh, and her son, Drake, fully believes that she's innocent, goes to visit her. He was actually diagnosed with cancer whenever he was like a teenager. Apparently, he's in remission now and stuff like that. So but he's he, what, 20 something? Yeah. Yeah, eight months at 96. So he'd be like 24, 25. Well, he was born in October. He'd be almost 25. Uh-huh. Does he speak to his father? Uh, apparently, from what I understand. Hmm. From what I understand, he doesn't think either one of them did, were involved. Did he ever get remarried and have one of his family? Uh, I don't think so that I read, but I mean, I didn't really look into it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is the super confusing, controversial, whodunit case of Darlie Routier. She is still on death row. She's innocent. I think. Yeah. And like the Innocence Project is working on her case. Good. I mean, y'all just go look up those pictures of her 
And you see, like, I mean, she would have went through a whole lot of trouble. And I feel like she'd be really pissed if she did all this and still went to jail. And she doesn't seem that way in, like, the videos and stuff. And it's pretty much said that, like, when mothers do this, oh, I didn't even say this. There was a mom, Susan something, Deidre, Chelsea, you only know. It wasn't long before this that she said that a man had kidnapped her kids, carjacked her, and she didn't know where her kids were. She was pleading for their lives. The community was behind her. And then she ended up confessing that she killed her kids. She let her car go into like yes. a lake oh, and her yes. kids were in yes. there. Where was that at? I don't remember. But they were saying Darlie Routier was Texas's version of that. It's like, no, no. So that was like, so like using that to judge her. And I'm like, she was a housewife. Like, she didn't have any medical training, nothing like that. How would she know to stop? And even if some people are like, maybe she was trying to, (laughs) maybe she was trying to kill herself. If Darlie was that into her looks and all this stuff, like people say, why would she slit her throat? Yeah. We've talked about that with the Ellen Greenberg case. Like, Mm -hmm. they take pills or this or that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they don't maim themselves. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, dog. It's a no for me, dog. dog. (laughs) Innocent. Even though proven guilty. But, yeah, that's all of it. I feel like we should announce now, since we said we were going to and we keep forgetting, now we are going to one episode a week since Deidre's schedule has changed. So we have to work around that. Two for the show. One for the money. Two for the show. Uh -uh. So we'll have one episode a week, and it will come out on Wednesdays. Yes. But yeah, I hope y'all are as confused as I am. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like it. Yeah. But thanks for listening. We hope you keep listening. And until next time, remember to keep it sweet.